Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. I want to direct your attention to uh, the New Testament, to the last chapter in the book of Matthew. Let's see what God's Word says. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. Now it was after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and they became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Oh, church, as the people of God, as the church, we've gathered today in this place like churches will do globally to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Churches everywhere reading this Matthew 28 passage. And and think about when the angel says to Mary Magdalene and to the other Mary, I know who you're looking for. He's not here. He is risen from the dead. When you consider this eternal truth of Christianity... When, when you begin to realize what has been accomplished for you and what's been accomplished in and through Jesus Christ, when you really begin to understand that Jesus overcame death on the cross, friends, this changes everything. It changes everything. And because Christ overcame death, we can't help but gather today and celebrate. Are you with me? We can't help but celebrate. The song Drew just sang over us is powerful. When you think about the truth, isn't it amazing to know that you are fully known and still loved by God? You're fully known and loved by God, and to think this is only possible because Jesus Christ is alive. He's alive. And so if you're here today, I want to get you to to help me out a little bit. If you're here today to celebrate that Jesus is alive, are you willing to praise him with me? Okay, hold on, hold on. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to say Jesus is alive. Can you say that with me? Jesus is alive? alive. Come on, like you really mean it. Jesus Jesus is alive? 
thank you. Oh, yes, that's what I need. I love that. He is alive. There's no reason for us to come into this gym. My goodness, we go to sporting events and we go nuts. We're in a gym. We can yell and scream and get excited in here. Amen? Amen. Listen, let me tell you why we celebrate. We celebrate today because Jesus is not in a tomb. We celebrate today because Jesus defeated death on the cross. We celebrate today because Jesus, if you know him, he is your living sacrifice. He's your living sacrifice. Jesus Christ, he is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. The Bible says he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Bible says Jesus is the light of the whole world. The whole world. Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only way that we can experience abundant life. Now, I want you to consider the scripture we just read. I would guess there's a little phrase in there that we just blew on by that you may have missed. Look back with me, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 8. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. The text says, and they departed quickly from the tomb, look at this, with fear and great joy. They departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Their emotions were all over the place. The Bible says they had both fear and they also had great joy all at the same time. A part of them was scared to death. Consider their fear. Think about what just has happened. They come to the tomb. The tomb is empty. They begin to look around. The guards are passed out like dead men lying on the ground. An angel appears. The Bible said it's like lightning. And the angel says to them, no big deal. Don't be afraid. They're fearful. But yet consider their joy in that very same moment. The angel just told them, Jesus is alive. Jesus has risen from the dead. The angel says, hey, look for yourselves over here. Look for yourselves at the place where he lay. And the angel says, I want you to go now and I want you to go tell the disciples what's happened. So now, the two Marys, they're on their way to tell the disciples what has happened. They're following the commands of the angel and Jesus meets them on the road. Greetings. How's it going? He says, ladies, I've been trying to tell you that this is what was going to happen. And he says again, don't be afraid. I'm alive. And so if you find yourself in that moment, how could you not have both the emotions of fear and great joy? Most all of us here today, you have come to this place to celebrate Easter. You believe in God. You believe that Jesus is alive. And today on this Easter Sunday, as some of you have come into this gym, some of you are carrying with you some fear. 
And some of you are carrying with you some joy. It's fear for some of you. It's joy for fear or joy. For some of you, think again about the song that Drew just sang over us. You may have some fear because you are in this very moment processing the truth of that song. I'm fully known by Almighty God. And to some, that may be a little bit scary. Here are things that might be playing out in your mind. You may fear, listen to me, that your best efforts aren't good enough. You may fear that you have messed up one too many times. You may fear that your sin is too extreme for God to forgive. You may fear that if you do follow Jesus... You're just going to end up blowing it. You may fear what other people might say about you. You may fear that following Jesus might not work out for you. You may fear that your family or your friends or your spouse might redo if you decide to be all in and follow Jesus. But can I tell you? Can I tell you, please listen to me, what I have personally discovered. Following Jesus Christ, listen, will turn your fears into joy. Following Jesus will turn your fears into joy. If if all of us in this room, if we're completely honest and transparent, most of us do have some kind of fear inside of us today. Oftentimes, no one even knows about it. We don't talk about it. We all have these fears, and most of us try to hide them. I uh, I was the little kid that grew up going to church. My mom and dad uh, were very involved in the church. In fact, my dad was uh, the music minister. That's what they used to call those guys. My mom was the church pianist. And so on the outside growing up in the church, I tried to project this image that I had it all together. But on the inside of Kent, there was fear and there was a lot of insecurity. I had a fear inside of me at one time that if the people around me, the people that really knew me, including my family and close friends, if they realized that I was actually faking my Christianity, that they might reject me. I thought about that. I thought that if they found out that I was faking my relationship with the Lord, that They might make fun of me. I thought they would talk about me behind my back. All all kinds of crazy ideas and thoughts and fears were playing out in my mind. So here's what I started doing. I mean, let's be real. I, I felt like I was always at church. Remember, my parents worked at church, therefore... Before I got a car and could drive, I I was there. I was there all the time. And and back in the day, friends, uh, most churches, it wasn't just a Sunday morning gathering. Uh, There was Sunday morning, and there was Sunday night, and there was Wednesday night. I didn't miss any of that. 
And I found myself involved in other church activities in addition to all those. And so because I was there all the time, I would hear my pastor preach, Dr. Frank Ball. I heard him preach hundreds and hundreds of sermons. Some of them I listened to. Some of them not so much. But oftentimes when I listened to him share the truth out of God's holy word, something began to happen in my life. It's called conviction. I realized that my... My living and my life did not line up with what God wanted for me. And, and it was kind of like my selfish ways versus God's plan for my life. And so this conviction, that word that we don't use a lot in culture today, uh, it involved me having pride. It involved me realizing that I, I needed Jesus I realized I needed to be forgiven of the sin in my life. I knew I was guilty of that. I needed to be forgiven. Yet there was pride. There was pride. I started church to believe all those lies that were playing out in my mind. And I would say to myself, oh, Kent, it's okay. You don't, you don't need Jesus. You need to deal with this. Everything's going to be okay. Hey, Kent, everybody thinks you've got it together. Everybody thinks you're already a Christian. So my next move in this journey, maybe it's similar to something you've done at some point in your life. I tried to negotiate with God. You ever done that? Try to negotiate with God? Make a deal with God? That's a bad idea. And so here's how... I tried to do that. Remember, I was younger. Theologically, this doesn't make really any sense at all. But when I was convicted, the way I was going to negotiate with God was like this. I would say a prayer. I would say a prayer at the end of the church service. I knew I needed to respond to Christ. But there was pride. I was believing the lies. And, and here's kind of how the prayer went. Dear God, right now, God... And, you know, I was like serious. God, tonight, this prayer is serious, more serious than last Sunday. God, if you really want me to give my life to you, if you really surrender my life to you, Lord, uh, Lord, I think you should show me. So, God, here's the deal. Right now, while we're standing here at the end of this church service singing a song, would you have someone walk up to me, tap me on the shoulder, or say something to me? Amen. And I would wait. Never happened. Never happened. Week after week, month after month, year after year. Hundreds of times I prayed that prayer. Nothing happens. All this time, watch, I'm still living in fear. No real joy. No, no celebration of life as we celebrate today. And so then fast forward a couple years. I'm now close to graduating from high school. My youth pastor, a guy named Mike Duncan, he says, hey guys, hey youth group, here's the deal. Meet me up this weekend. We're going to load up the church bus. Going to take our youth group to this big church service at the football stadium. What? What? Well, you know, to me, I thought, well, that sounded kind of cool. I've done all the church stuff, but I don't think I've ever been to a church service in an outdoor football stadium. 
I'm thinking, there's going to probably be a lot of youth groups there. Hey, guys, you know what that means? There are probably going to be a lot of girls from other youth groups I've never met or seen. Maybe there will be a connection. <laughs> yeah, right. But we think these things when we're younger. I totally, completely went to that church service at a football stadium for all the wrong reasons. And so we get there, and, um, you know, it's a stadium. They're, they're like, they're bleachers. We got bleachers. And so our youth group, we, uh, I'm going to come down here. Is that okay? I, I got to show you how this played out. So we go to the football stadium, and uh, we went to the bleachers. Here, you know, you can imagine the youth minister. Come on, guys, come on. We're going to find a place to sit. So we, we get to the bleachers, and we start walking up the bleachers. And I don't know how many, you know, probably about this high right here. Probably about right here. Okay? And so here we are. I goof off the whole church service. I'm not paying attention to the preacher. But with about three minutes left in that service that night, for whatever reason, I quit looking for girls, and I begin to listen to the preacher. And I begin to uh, hear him share some scripture. Some of it I'd heard all my life. One of the verses he shared was in Romans chapter 6, where it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Conviction. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed to be forgiven. Then he shared another verse that my friend Neil Webb just shared on the video 15 minutes ago. He shared John 3.16. For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him will never perish but have everlasting life. And once again, I'm under conviction. I don't really know what to do. And that preacher shared another Bible verse. And it was at this point that I knew God had brought me there that night for a more specific reason. And he shared the verse, Whoever, for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Romans 10, 13. And I was one of those whoever people. So guess what I did at this point? I did the same thing I've done hundreds of times. Here I am. Bow my head at the football stadium. And pray my go-to prayer. It's time to do my deal with God. All right, Lord. If tonight you really want me to get serious about this and surrender my life to you, if you want me to, God, ask you to be my Savior and my Lord. God, I'm just asking, would you have somebody tap me on the shoulder or say something to me? Amen. I said Amen. I'm going to guess within about three seconds. Remember, I'm on the end of the aisle. There's all these people over here. I say amen. And within three seconds, like, but I had a heart attack. Some adult man sitting in this whole other section who didn't know me at He had walked over. He, he, here's what he said. He said, hey, son, uh, I was sitting over here in this other section, and I noticed tonight, towards the end of this service, you were just standing there with your head bowed 
praying. He just said, I want you to know, if you'd like to talk about that, I'd like to sit down and talk to you for a minute about what it means to follow Christ. How can you say no? How could I not respond to this stranger who approached me in God's perfect timing? I don't even understand why that happened, but I'm telling you it did. And so the two of us, we walked down from the bleachers. And, you know, they were, they were having church, remember, at the football stadium. So we come down, and they had like this temporary stage set up. And we walked all the way down. We get past the stage, and we get all the way down to the, the grass, the turf of the football field. And so here we are. We sat down on the grass. And that night, at a football stadium in Dell City, Oklahoma, at this event called the Starlight Crusade, I came to know Christ as Savior and Lord. Listen to me. In that one night, all of my fears were immediately turned to joy. That night, I had the realization of the song that Drew sang, I am fully known by you, God, and you still love me. That night, my life was changed forever. You're like, Kent, why, why are you telling us this story? I'm telling you this story because I believe 100% with everything in me that some of you that have come to church this day have the exact testimony I do. Maybe you're not a high school student. Maybe you're a middle-aged adult. Perhaps you're a senior adult. But you have been believing lies for far too long. And fear has overcome you. And today I believe that God brought you to this place to tap you on the shoulder in multiple ways. For some of you, he's tapping you on the shoulder just through this testimony. For many of you, it's through the truth of God's holy word, the promises in Scripture. For some of you, God is tapping you on the shoulder through this powerful testimony that Neil shared. For some of you, it was the song that Drew just sang. And you have been reminded that you're fully known, yet loved by Almighty God. So what do you do with all that? You have two choices, two very clear choices. One is to try your best to blow it off and say to yourself, this is just something emotional. If you go there, realize you're believing the lie. You try to sweep it under the carpet and say, I'm going to deal with that down the road, which is what I did for years. Don't, don't buy that lie. Or you respond to Christ. If you're ready today to acknowledge that, yeah, God brought me here today and the Lord has been tapping on my shoulder in multiple ways, the truth is he's probably been at work for quite some time leading up to today. He has. Some of you are in this room because you have someone else in this room who perhaps has been praying for you. They love you. And they're just pumped that you've been able to join us today, as am I. So what do you do? How do you respond? Here's what I want to invite you to do. As I sit with that man who I don't even know his name. I've never seen him since that day. He invited me to pray with him, and I want to invite you to do that now. Would everyone just bow your head with me for a moment? Bow your head with me. Close your eyes. 
And I'm going to invite you in this prayer to respond to Jesus. Don't worry about the choir. They're moving up. We're going to celebrate and sing again. Don't worry about them. Right now, as best you can, don't worry about the person sitting next to you. But I'm asking you right now to listen to what God is doing through His Son, Jesus, who's inviting you to follow Him. Maybe the first prayer all of us pray right now is, God, what do you want to say to me? You can voice that prayer right now to the Lord. God, what are you saying to me today? And perhaps your next prayer could be, God, let me hear it. God, may I be obedient to respond to it. That night at the football field, as that gentleman was so kind to me and took the time to how much Jesus loved me, most of what he said I already knew, which is true for most of you in this room. You, you know it. Now it's time to receive it. Now it's time to surrender your life to him and to live out this incredible gift that God offers us. Don't you dare tell yourself you got to get it all together. you got to get your life cleaned up. That's not how salvation works. Jesus going to the cross and taking on the weight of all of your sin, then overcoming death, that didn't play out for you to try to do it in your own strength. This is about complete surrender to Him. This is about trusting in Jesus with all of your heart. And if you're ready now to take those steps of faith, I would ask you to Voice this prayer. You can say it out loud or you can say it in your heart. Dear God, thanks for today. Thanks for speaking to me today through videos and songs, through your holy word, through a testimony. And God, today, thank you because you love me just the way I am. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to the cross. I believe, Lord. I believe. I believe you sent your son to take my place so that I could be forgiven of sin. Thank you, God, for the greatest sacrifice ever. God, I confess my sins. There are many. I realize, Lord, I can never fix all these on my own. And that's why I'm praying to you right now. God, my desire is that you would lead my life as I place my trust in you. Change me, Lord. God, put some people beside me to walk alongside me in this journey. God, use them to help me because I'm quite sure I'm going to mess up. But Lord, because you fully know me, you promise to continue to love me. Thank you, Lord. My God, my creator, my savior. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash get connected.